0: Good morning. Good morning, uh, listeners. How are you today? This is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming to Florida Keys. A little late, a Wednesday after Memorial Day weekend. Yep, we had a Memorial Day weekend here like you did in the rest of the country. Uh, For our foreign listeners, it's a day, uh, Monday, is a day we uh, commemorate all the men and women... ...who have fallen that served this country... ...in the armed forces. And we celebrate it by opening... ...making it the... Uh, ...we do that, choose that. Let's see, to try to... ...couch my comments. We decide to do it... ...make it the opening of our summer... ...vacation season. I mean, if you were a... ...fan of the movies... ...listeners are around the world... And all you knew about the United States was the information you got from movies. And from one of the biggest movies about 46 years, well, 42 years ago was, well, no, 46 years ago? Around that, was Jaws. And the opening of the summer season was July 4th, I think. And Amity, uh, the township of Amity on Long Island. Is it off Long Island? They had to get, you know, people had to get there by ferry. You see the ferry come in and everyone comes off. It's They're, they're on an island. And you'd think, July, oh, well, that's the opening. Of, well, that's the opening of the summer season for those guys for what like a month and a half. It's a short season. But on the East Coast, from, I have to say, Georgia on north, or even then, even Myrtle Beach, I guess it's the opening season, the summer season. If you think about the beaches in Florida, once you roll into April, the beaches are almost all open, weather-wise. I mean, you still get some cool weather in the Panhandle, but we. In the Keys, we're open all year round. There's only a couple days where it's too chilly for that. So Memorial Day is ours. And it's not, you know, they do some memorializing. You see it more on the national level, state level, local level, the VFWs and things like that. But our big patriotic holidays are Memorial Day and July 4th. And then you have Flag Day. I guess that's a little less than two weeks from now. June 14th. Neither here nor there. Memorial Day is not a huge weekend in the Keys. It's a big one because you got locals. When I say locals, people in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, people that come down here for the weekend. You start getting the, the weekend crowd coming down here, the vacation rental crowd. We see a lot of out-of-the-area travelers, but not as much as we do the rest of the year. I think the people that have vacation rentals are just renting their places out since they're in South Florida. They're not that crazy. I don't get that because it's some beautiful weather down here, and people that own properties they rent they rent their properties when the nicest weather. I guess the last couple of weeks have been this. Some of the most beautiful weather we had down here. The nights have been relatively cu- uh, cool. Cool. I was going to say cool. And it's just because I'm going live in the morning doesn't make it a long morning show. Hey dad, it's the morning show. Here for your ride. You know, we don't do that here, even though uh, most places don't do that. I, think I, I don't want to be derivative, but I did want to talk about that morning ride. The morning ride meeting or coming down here in the morning. Memorial Day. To get back to it. I know, I'm all spotty. What's going on? I'm drinking my coffee and stuff like that. I'm forgetting the line of the reasoning behind here. And later on, I want to talk about Peloton. As a spin instructor, non-Peloton instructor. Obviously, if I was a Peloton instructor, I would be in Miami or L.A. or wherever they have the The studios, the spin studios, where they have live spinners and their instructors. So Memorial Day for a lot of places, especially like the Jersey Shore. Imagine like Ocean City, New Jersey, Virginia Beach, all these places. And I guess in different other places. I I know East Coast mainly. I don't know the West Coast. I'm not familiar necessarily with the way... Of the people at the lake regions up in New England or central part of the United States near Great Lakes. But Memorial Day weekend, a lot of people come out. And I never understand that thing about everyone going out. Like, I understand if you have a family event, like down here, when there's a lot of people getting together. And the reason they pick Memorial Day weekend, because it's a three-day weekend. And this way you can throw in a big event on Sunday. So people come down and they get together and stuff like that. Yes, when you, when you have to co- coincide the same, and it's not a big enough special event like a wedding, where a wedding you could take off, you might take off in the middle of the week if someone's having a destination wedding, like in Key Largo. Yeah, it makes sense. Say, so, hey, save the date, we're having a big wedding down here, and it's going to be on a Wednesday or a Monday, because you know you got to pick and choose its availability and stuff like that, especially when you're in a resort town. Not everything's on a Saturday, Saturday night, and plus it's hard to book for those things when it's not off season. Not exactly off season right now. So here we are. We got Memorial Day weekend. We don't know what what to expect. We naturally expect a little more business than normal. It turned out to be a little less than normal. We had some weird things going on, like on. Was it Sunday night with Sunday night 15 minutes before closing we get approximately 50% of our total seating between 15 minutes and closing closing is more of a target time obviously when you get a bunch of people seated at a quarter of you're not closing at your closing time we're staying open to feed them and then we're catching people. It's like after 20 minutes after closing, we're catching people in the parking lot saying, "Hey, listen, we'd love to do it, but we keep on going through the night." And people say, "Well, Jim, you know, was COVID was going on? Don't you want to stay open?" Yes, you do want to stay open, but there's only a limited amount of help you have, and you can't you can't just burn out. You just can't keep your kitchen staff there and i this is my personal feeling it's hard to find it's harder to find people in the back of the house than it is to find people in front of the house especially in the summer back of the house is grueling it's long hours we don't we like a lot of restaurants don't have the depth in the back of the house so What they do is they limit their hours and they just say, hey, people, you know, this is when you got to come. We have to do this then because otherwise we're going to work. You got to shave off a couple hours here in order not to burn out your help. Like I said, the front of the house doesn't burn out as easily, not because they're tougher or better people. It's because they are compensated directly by an increase in business that necessitates you to stay open. So it was no big fucking deal, you know, for them. They go, hey, listen, well, I'm going to be walking out with like 30%, 40% more cash in my pocket. And that's the way it was. We had a busy night. And then it kind of, the rest of, you know, Monday night, nothing. And I'm going in today, uh, I guess, to manage. If there's any listeners in the area, if the, I'll be, I won't be bartending, but I will be there in and out. Uh, and then I'll be bartending at night. And that's the catch restaurant in Key Largo. Oceanside. Mile marker 102. The catch restaurant and bar. With happy hour from 3.30 to 6.30. Open for lunch and dinner. Uh, a lot of selections when it comes to seafood and non-seafood dishes. And if you have your own catch. Please have it clean before you come in. You know filleted and clean, And they'll cook it up any way you want. And if you do come in. And it's because of the show. Tell them the keys bartender sent you. And just say hello. I like to meet my listeners sometimes. Okay, back to that. So there was a a decent amount of traffic coming in. We did see the traffic. We saw a lot of boats. We saw a lot of cars. But we also saw a lot of people, a lot of traffic going out. So people are understanding what does it mean? What, What kind of What kind of business we're going to have there? What amount of business are we going to have in the Keys? And everyone has their own theory. Like assholes, everyone has one, right? Mine is that there was pent-up demand, and we were getting it anyway. We were open. We were getting it. We were just getting it. Just like a person of questionable... Let's say, sexual morality gets to get all the dances at the big dance. We were that libertine type place where we say, we'll take all comers. We were open, open for business. So it was busy down here. And restaurants and hotel hotels and lodgings and stuff like that are charging incredible amounts. Now I can see the money start... The the room rates are starting to fall down again. I get get to see them in the, in 150, 130, 140, the lower end hotels. But you still see the bigger ones. There's a little lag on the bigger ones. Where you see six, seven hundred dollars a night. Yes, six hundred seven hundred dollars a night. Some more exclusive ones, over a thousand bucks. But that's you're seeing that less and less. Now it's more three, four hundred dollars a night, which is for a premium hotel, still kind of expensive, right? I guess if you're in the central part of the United States, 300 bucks a night, 400 bucks a night, 500 bucks a night, that was a good price. That was, Those prices you, you heard were good prices for m- mediocre lodging. Now, you can get two, 300, and these are places like No insult, and I may never get it, but, you know, the Motel 6 or the Night's Inn, those motels that you see when you're driving down the interstate doing your long road trip, and you see, wow, I remember, I don't know if they're still around like that, but you see these hotels saying $59 a night, $49 a night. you figure they can get some clean sheets and get the room a little clean when is that? but the, you know that's not the case every time I stayed in a place when there's lower end motels I realized at night that you know I get all itchy I think about bed bugs and it's just a lot of these places just have these moldy smells to them the, the, the bathrooms aren't that hot you know what I mean you think, how much, if someone's spending 40, $49 a night, how much you, how much time are you setting your housekeeping in? They're in there in 10 minutes. They vacuum, they clean up any excess bodily fluid on the uh, on the floors, on the ceilings, on the wall, right? Oh, forget, you don't want to hear about the comforter or the the, uh, the bread spread on top of the uh, uh those questionable beds. You know, sometimes I feel like you got to bring like a plastic liner sheet in order. You know, and you got to be careful with your clothes. Keeping your clothes, you got to keep maybe keep your clothes in your in a bag, sealed bag, one of those vacuum bags, so you don't have to worry about getting any type of uh, parasite. Grossing you out if you're traveling, aren't I? Obviously, if that's what you normally you normally expect, like if you're one of these people that stop in those places all the time, it doesn't bother you. But some people, those shitty hotel rooms are kind of skeevy, right? And they're and they're good for one thing for they're flop houses. You go there, you know. I mean. They, you don't do it. It's not a keynote of your vacation, but some people do do it when you go across country they say, "Oh, that's where we're staying. We're staying in forty-nine dollar a night motels or fifty-nine dollar a night." What's I guess the sixty-nine dollar night hotel rooms are used to be the forty-nine dollar hotel rooms from years ago. But and I made this mistake. You, if you don't if you don't travel much in a while, you could be confused by the pricing system. Just look around and look at the hotel rooms, and you say if the if the local best if you go to a town and the Best Western is sixty nine dollars a night, and the uh, when I say what's that the Marriott, the high end Marriott is two hundred dollars a night. You, you could go thinking, well, wow, that's the normal prices. You got, that's the price range, 69 to $200 for a good room, 69 for a bad room. But well, down here, that equation changed over those last couple months, the last year. It was like the low-end place, you'd be lucky if you get 130 bucks a night. That's questionable lodgings down here, 130 120 a night. You know, spotty housekeeping, spotty maintenance. If you go up and pull the shades, the shades fucking fall down on you. The uh, towels are smaller, not that heavy duty. Apply. See how many towel you find at a, a, a towel you find at a YMCA. It's kind of it's kind of rough on the outside. And you don't know why is it rough? Because maybe they used it to clean up some, like I said, once again, bodily fluids. But you got these shitty towels that are like number three sandpaper. Maybe soap in there, maybe not. You'd have to bring your own soap, or you have to go to the motel reception in, uh, reception in the main lobby get a hotel of uh, to get a soap. I wouldn't get toothpaste. I mean, you never know. And in place, you may have like a big communal thing where they refill the toothpaste tubes themselves. I've never seen that yet, but I see that in the future maybe. You say, hey, listen, we have it, but we don't give you brand new tubes of toothpaste. We just give you these little plastic tubes that we fill with toothpaste. So you can get three brushes out of it. Crazy idea. Stupid idea. Right? But... Hey, how about you spend a little extra time cleaning the room? I'd rather just give you t- 10 more minutes to clean the bathroom and stuff like that. And they use a shitload of bleach and stuff like that to get in there. But yeah, down here, until recently, and when I say recently, last week, if you found a room down here for under 150 bucks, check under the bed for uh, a dead uh, sex worker, or uh, look to see if there's any crime tape around the scene, okay, around the room, because that's what you're going to get. That's the kind of quality you're going to get. Uh, Boy, I'm not going to get another. Once again, I think this year I'm not going to get another offer from the Tourism Development Council. But that's the way it is. How can you fucking ignore it? It's not like, hey, Jim, don't say that. Our shitty hotels are a secret. Well, you don't have to stay in a shitty hotel. It's, it's, you know, it's the law of supply and demand. So if you raise your prices too high, then you'll notice that the rooms aren't being booked. And I think that I'm starting to see that when I just took a look down for this weekend or this week, and you, it's taking a little longer for the bigger hotels. They they can't just crash their prices. I like calling it a crash their prices. If you were charging eight hundred bucks a night, and all of a sudden you roll out two hundred thirty, it becomes apparent when you're talking to someone. Say, well, listen, I stayed here le- last week and it was eight hundred bucks. Now I'm coming back again. It's two hundred thirty bucks. You may have not known that the hotel lodging industry really does reflect surge pricing. And someone mentioned to me, why don't they do surge pricing in restaurants? And they kind of do it down here because I heard of one of the local places down here that also has entertainment. But it's also primarily a restaurant. Charged 10 bucks a head. And they said, the guy that works in the kitchen, he's a chef. He said, they got $8,000 off the door. $8,000. Holy crap. You know how many restaurants would die for that? $8,000. And there's no way. I didn't even ask if he had a band or not. But if he did, the kind of bands that are down here, at most they paid 1500 bucks. So, oh my God, another grand for extra security, you know, you may have like five, six guys, which may be woeful, but that's eight, 800 people through the course of the night. That doesn't mean they're all there at one time. They may have had like 300 something people at a time, but they're charging a cover. And that's kind of like a governor, isn't it? It keeps people on they saying, we're not paying 10 bucks. We're coming to eat. We're gonna spend a two hundred bucks. Why am I gonna pay ten bucks for a cover charge? Well, there you go. But the other surge pricing, someone mentioned to me saying listen, if it's like at nine o'clock, let's say you're closing kind it's ten, and then people want to come in after ten o'clock and say maybe surge pricing be fifty percent. If someone decides they want to come later. Crazy idea, yeah. And you say, listen, all the extra surge pricing offsets the people in the back of the house, the people that aren't compensated, right? And say, yes, uh, when they come in, that chicken parmesan dinner is seventeen ninety five normally, goes up to. And we're going to take 25% of that and directly compensate our people in the back. Create a pool. So if it came in late with the surge pricing. I mean, people may not stand for that, but they have the choice to say, listen, our normal hours. We can call it surge. That would be the name of it. S-U-R-G-E. Maybe tie it to like storm surge. Say listen, if if you come in at four o'clock, these are the prices. At peak time, when everyone wants to sit down, so you make your baseline, let's say four o'clock, and then you surge the price around seven to eight thirty. Let's say your closing time's ten. And you bring the surge pricing back down the The regular price after 8.30 for the next hour. And then the last at the closing, you have the optional say, listen, then surge pricing goes up 50%. And if you want to stay later, if you're sitting at the table, if the closing time was 10 and you're still sitting there at 8.30, I mean 10 and 11.30, say 10% of your bill every time you sit there. And this way you can have, let's say you can keep your cost in hand, you say, listen, we're going to roll back prices to our 1995 prices at four o'clock, from four to six, thirty, four to seven. and then we go back up to our regular prices. How's that? Just an idea. And then you're taking care. Of your, if if you end up staying longer and stuff like that, you know the people in the front of the house will be making extra money anyway. With surge pricing, hopefully people will tip accordingly with the fifteen percent. They know ahead of time. They know that's the gimmick. They don't really understand. People never understand the new. You know, new gimmicks. They didn't really understand Uber. What do you mean? I'm going to order a taxi with my phone. And you're going to tell me when it's arriving. And then I don't give the person money. I give I, I give the information to someone. Uh, I have my payment information online and a and I don't even no transaction really occurs and stuff. The first time they came out, that people couldn't even wrap their heads around it. Obviously, young people did it, but older people they're still you know they now they're finally figuring out Uber. You ever tell you, one of your older relatives talking to figure out Uber? Well. Like I said, the holiday weekend wasn't that crazy busy. We had a crazy lunch on Sunday. Decent decent business Sunday night. You know, all the crowded together on a Monday. Uh, not so hot, you know, Memorial Day. And see, one of those holidays see, that you're supposedly honoring those that passed. And it's on a Monday. They should put make the Monday... The day they give you off, and Sunday, the day they observe it. Because on Monday, nothing really happens. People are heading home. They make it the holiday. So they're really doing the observation the rest of the weekend, if you understand what I'm saying. And during that, I worked all weekend during this, I mean, it wasn't a hardship. I didn't miss out. I do my shit. I do my shit. People go like this and go, oh, you had to work the whole weekend. I said, well, yeah. What would you do? Would I stay out there with you knuckleheads? Every place was packed. When I say packed, I mean every tourist venue, like the sandbar, fishing spots. There was tons of boats out there, stuff like that. If you go out today, which is gorgeous, probably nicer than any day this weekend, there's no one out there. Now today is normally my day off. I got to go in there to do some management stuff, but that's no big deal to me. Um, I did. I had yesterday off. It was a beautiful day there. I enjoyed my my day off. I did a little recovery from my physical exertions. I went to the gym. Uh, I forgot to tell you while I was. I think it was Monday night. I'm working, and one of my former regulars who also was the the woman it was a married couple the woman used to come to my spin class she and her daughter and i'm a spin instructor part-time and i just started doing the classes again and i mentioned to her she she ends up she's working at the same uh, part she works full-time for who i work part-time the uh, the health um uh the Back to South, I can say that. I'm not gonna say. So I'm I'm back to doing my class at least one class a week. I may end up doing two. And she, I talked to her. I say, Oh yeah, I'm doing a class. Just started class two two weeks ago. And she goes, Oh, I've been doing spin too, but I've been doing it on. A, I bought a Peloton. I love my Peloton. And I go, oh, that's funny. I was just in my, made the connection. I go, wow, I'm a spin instructor. And she chooses to do the remote Peloton. And she didn't see it as, I, I saw it and I started laughing. And I said, oh, really? And stuff like that. I said, I'm, that similar. that's similar to than, uh, oh, let's say, a woman going, saying, listen, hey, hon, I know you've been away. I've, I haven't had access to our physical intimacy. Talk about the woman saying that. So I bought a vibrator, dildo, and uh, let me say something. The, um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's so much, I mean, I, I get so much fulfillment out of it. So I, and then you hear him gush for like, gush, uh, pun, kind of funny I said that, but, Uh, they go on about how much they love their vibrator slash dolo. Meaning that your penis is no longer needed. Or isn't as fun. And that's the way I viewed it like when when I heard that. But I viewed it in humor and, and I said thank you to her. And she started apologizing. But I guess from their point of view they saw me obsessing over that her answer to my statement that wasn't a question I'm doing my spin class again and then she goes hey, I got a Peloton and I love it unsolicited an unsolicited endorsement of that and I go well and then I told her and then they, she just thought I was insulted and I said I wasn't insulted and first of all the woman's a sweetheart. And I said, I understand it completely. I just think it's, I think it was, I thought it was funny. And I enjoyed the premise of it more than I didn't take personal, I didn't take it personally. Luckily, I think the thing that makes me different from other people is I don't identify just as a bartender slash spin instructor. Remember, I'm doing this right now, podcasting. I know that's probably, is that number four as I identify myself? And uh, <clears throat> I also am a notary. I do signing services for mortgage loan closings, refinances. And I do weddings and all these different things, power of attorneys. And usually I have some other side gigs. So w- when someone makes a suggestion, I'm not... At the top of my game in any of these games, or avocations or vocations, like bartending, I can always fall back and say that's not the only thing I am. Even though on the show, the title of the show being Keys Bartender, it's it just means I'm a bartender. That's my primary job, and I live in the Keys. And their perspective from the Florida Keys. And I give updates, you know, about traffic, about crazy crimes that go on. And there hasn't been a crazy crime or anything like that. But I can understand that Peloton being big. Places like this. We don't have tons of spin studios here. There's two of them in the Upper Keys. There's two of them. There's one at the... It's funny because if you think about it, until you get down to Marathon, Florida, 50 miles... There's not another one for 35 miles. I guess about, I guess about 35, uh, 40 miles from each location. Uh, where Well, from each location. The two spin studios in the upper keys are either at Mariner's Hospital, the wellness center, or Froggy's uh, gym. And these two gyms are within 300 yards of each other. I think that's approximately 300 yards. And that's where your two spin classes you have in the upper keys. So if you like spin and you don't want to travel, I mean, you could be in the Ocean Reef, which is the gated community to the north of me, about 20. You might have to travel an hour. An hour. I mean, you can go up to the mainland, go south, or actually, I guess they have spin classes in Ocean Reef. Not the same because they gotta care. They gotta wear certain clothes. I think they have to teach with khaki pants on and shit like that. I'm in no danger of losing any endorsements for from Ocean Reef at this time. But what I am saying is if you don't have access to it, stuff like Amazon. Why would someone put like a Target down here? Oh, there's my dog, she's up. she just ran by my our little eight pounds. To wow wow. Um, terrier mixed dog so she she gets up around 10 after 8 goes to her day bed from her night bed her na- night bed's the same as our night bed she just likes to sleep with us and then all of a sudden she gets up and goes to another bed what a fucking life right so I'm back to talking about spin and Amazon and stuff like that if you have access why would you put a store down here Let's say Target. And the locals are so used to not being having access immediately to things. And then all of a sudden you have Amazon all of a sudden. You know, 20 something years in the making. Uh, Amazon is shipping anything you want down within two days. Or you can take two hours out of your life and drive up to the mainland. Now there's some things you have to get in the mainland. Like if you want to go to one of those big warehouse stores, you have to go to the mainland. Just not enough um, population down here for me. Or you're going to order online. It's like spin class. I can spend an hour, hour and a half traveling back and forth to go to spin class. Even though we only have 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Or I can have a Peloton bike and do the spin class right in the house. I understand the equation there. I'm not insulted by them. I mean, some people, if that's your main thing you do, I have people that, that they identified 50% of what they are outside of who they are is what they do. And if their main thing they do is a spin instructor, I would be very defensive about a remote application where you have these fitness models and they look like fitness models, nice looking people with a lot of enthusiasm, stuff like that, are doing these live classes, streaming for people. And then down here in, in the Keys, I guess sometimes you don't get, the, you know, assuming uh, the Internet is interrupted. So, you, you know, that may be a problem. That's a side note. Side note. Sorry about that. But, Yeah. If I identified primarily as a spin instructor, I would definitely feel a little challenged or a little, I don't even know what the word would be. But it would be kind of like if I got my next door neighbor moved in and some dude moved in next door and he's like 30 years old sculpted to the, bronze sculpted to the max, you know, perfect shape, handsome guy, and my wife's, and he's sunning himself, out front all the time, I just see my woman, uh, my woman staring out the window, yeah, there'd be some jealousy going on, right, but, Peloton to me, is is as if, yeah, it's a better looking dude, He's twenty five years younger than me. That's that's it, you know. But he doesn't have any conversational skills. Not that these Peloton structures don't have conversational skills. But how personal can they get with people, and how fun can they be when they when they have like twenty people in class and three hundred people remotely. I mean it's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna see how that happens. I would love to do I would love to do one of their classes. I wonder if they get qualified and go do um, I wonder if I'd get kicked out of Mad Dog if I did that. I should go to Peloton and say, Hey, are you looking for an older instructor? I'm not quite with the walker routine yet, but you know I can do a lot of those things they do. On there, and maybe they can put a little makeup on me or something. like get a little tan. You know, the funny thing—I get get back to this thing on both Peloton and Spin. There's people that come to the class and they're wearing biking gear. They wear this biking pants and all that stuff, and those biking pants and things like that. This we have the shirts. That's mainly for people that are road racing. And there's a reason they make that equipment for the road raids. They make it so you have a, a sleek design, so there's not a lot of resistance on you. And it's easy to, you know, open up and vent if you get you know, a lot of heat. You got the zipper in the front and all that stuff. But in a spin class, you're doing it 45 minutes. You just get, four, at most, maybe an hour. I've done classes over two hours long where a marathon class, yeah, a little, you know, an hour and a half marathon class, two hour mar- marathon class. But you, you wear comfortable clothing because you're going to get up to warm quick and then you just maintain it. You're not, there's not going to be, the temperature's not going to drop. It only drops a end when you stop exerting yourself. It's not like you're going in the mountains, of the Alps, where there's going to be a 20, 20 degree drop in temperature. You know, usually in those spin rooms, you're going to be... uh Starting out kind of cool, but then you get warmed up and you're going to be warm and stuff like that. So you don't need these clothing, this special clothing to reduce drag, because there's no drag. You're stationary. You just need stuff that reduces the amount of abrasion on your legs. You don't want to wear shorts that cause, cause that. And uh, so they get all dressed up and they look like they're going to be going on the Tour de France. You're not going to Tour de France. It's an indoor cycling class. That's the reason why it almost looks like a yoga outfit. I don't wear a yoga. Outfit. I wear pretty much the same outfit that I wear for when, when I'm weightlifting. You know. Shorts. Uh, Under Armour shirt. Just because when I sweat. It works away from my body. And. It, I don't want to get too deep. Deep in that. But. I understand the feeling, get back to it, the convenience of wanting Peloton over that. I enjoyed, there's, there's other dynamics that are going on when it comes to uh, group fitness classes. There's camaraderie, the people that you, uh, some people go to spin class. They want to be seen as going to spin class. They want to come in contact with the other people because that's what they do. And it's part of the commitment, getting up and doing that. And when you have other people around you, you're kind of making yourself, um, what's that word, where you you have to be able to put out, I mean, put out the exertion. You know, it's very rare. I've had people come into class for the first time and they go into spin class and realize it's not for them, but they never give it a chance. (laughs) <laughs> they don't they don't take their time ease their way into it they just come in and say oh my god i just busting my balls this fucking sucks I'm gonna get out of it and they, just, they get off the bike and they leave confirming whatever they thought in the beginning or maybe not I didn't know what they had in their head they thought well it's was riding a bike how hard is that and they're doing it and said I can't do any of these things I can't do it I can't stand up on my bike and can't get a up this, I, I don't feel comfortable. I'm trying to I'm trying to maintain the pacing with the other people. Right? They I just can't do it. So they get up and they leave. Same thing can happen in Peloton. You just go and walk, walk away. You can turn it off and say I'm done. And then you'll become I mean how many Pelotons out there are really three thousand dollar clothes hangers. People get on those things and they just never go back. They say, I'm going to go, I'm going to ride that bike all the time. No, you're not. And riding a bicycle is different. You get to see things and stuff like that. And obviously when, if you really get into Peloton, you get to use other instructors and stuff like that. And there is a challenge. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, matter of fact, fuck, I should be getting paid by Peloton for doing this commercial. Hmm. That would be Interesting. Maybe I should be talking to Peloton about it. The guy that invented Peloton or came up with the concept is uh, grew up uh, down here, I think in Amurada. It could be in, you know, one of those local fo- folklore, but that's it. So we're forty-two minutes. I know it's Wednesday and it's my first class, my first class, my first show. What am I going to do? I'm going to try to do another show. See if I can get one, you know, peel one out before I go into work. But I do appreciate you for listening. Uh, If you do like us, follow us on Facebook. That's Keys Bartender on Facebook. Or Keys Bartender on Instagram. Or Keys Bartender on Twitter. And interact with me. If you interact with me, I'll interact back. Come on. If you're a follower, why don't you say something? Pop up and say hi today. There you go. If you're a follower... I just want to see, hear a hello. And I'm not expecting one of those phony accounts to come in there with the hot Instagram models that say, hi, how are you? I'm looking for a relationship. Well, I'm not looking for a relationship. When I, say, I, am, I am kind of looking for a relationship. If the relationship is podcaster to listener, I'm looking... Uh, I'm not looking for a girlfriend on the Internet who wants to send me, send her money or him. It's almost always a guy. It's so funny when you see it. You see they get um, people, they grab a couple screenshots and they put these, create these dummy accounts. And look at it as soon as there's like only two pictures and there's no comments and stuff like that. I realize it's a dummy account. I'm not going to go to it. It's not that beautiful women don't listen to the show. They do. But I don't get an account just a beautiful woman say, Hey, listen, is this guy fifty he's about to be fifty eight years old? This older bartender as a bank, I'm gonna follow him and I think he's hot. I'm gonna I wanna be in a relationship with him. Oh, he's not a millionaire, but I don't care, you know. I just wanna No no, it doesn't work like that. I know that. I, I am self-aware that I am not going to get a, unsolicited a uh, unsolicited friend or conversation on the, on the, one of the social networks that it's not going to come to me and they're saying they're going to be in the late 20s, mid 30s and, and they're going to say, oh, I'm just looking for a relationship and you look like perfectly.'re married. You're married with not a lot of money. Oh, you're a perfect relationship for me. First of all, I don't know why they would want to. I, If that was true, I, I value my, um, my attraction. I have value in a relationship, but that's not. I mean, maybe it's a big world out there. Maybe there's a lot of people. Maybe there's one that's the one thing that person wants. I'm going to get in a relationship with a guy who doesn't have a lot of money and is older and probably no hopes of ever anything ever happening. Maybe that's the, they're dreaming of that. But you know what? Most of the times, it's in an alternate income stream for these people that make uh, trying to make friends with people try to get money from them. And I understand people needing money and stuff like that, but, you know, I'm not going to do it under those auspices. But I still, it's all right to pop up and say hi. Come on and say hi. And the first thing you should say is I'm a listener. If you happen to be a 22-year-old girl in South Beach, Miami, and you have a bunch of string bikini shots and you look to be a playboy model don't pop up and just say hello say hello i'm a listener to your show because then i'll believe you also if you're like a 40 year old guy you say hello i'll assume that you're a listener you don't have to say i'm a listener because i'll assume that's you are a listener see how it works kind of weird huh uh, one friend down here, one friend, acquaintance, the guy's in his late 70s. And I like to, he's, except for being a male, he's kind of like the black widow. Because he had several wives and they, he's been married more than, I think at least three times. And two of his wives passed away while they were married. So he, <coughs> I only think he may have had, <coughs> One messy divorce. But then he comes to me. He's in the late 70s. And he's not one of those guys that you see down in South Florida that is late 70s, could be look like they're in their 50s. Maybe. He's in his late 70s, Look like he could be in his early 80s. Still, he was a pleasant looking guy, I guess, when he was younger and stuff like that. But he, he shows me this picture of this woman and contacts him from Columbia. Who looks to be about 30 and very well put together, attractive. And he says, Jim, this girl, can you? And he started asking me, You're a notary, can you do a wedding? And I said, Yeah. And I go, Oh, wow, I, I haven't met this person. You're you're already in a relationship. One, well, and then he shows me a picture of this Colombian woman he's never met before. And he, she says, She's in love with me. Blah, 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 blah. And they go, Okay, this 30 something, less than half your age. You know, who, let's say ten years ago, well ten years, eight years ago, what's twenty twenty two. Eight years ago, she was one third your age. One third, total one third, not one third less than her age, one third is age. So if he was sixty six, then right? Follow the math. And she says she's in love with you, never met you. Do I think it's real? No, I don't think it's real. And I don't think you're going to need me to do the wedding thing. And, you know, if they come here, you, you know, you get, enjoy it for, you know, maybe it's worth getting married. If you find out all the legal things, like you're able to get a divorce right away and she doesn't take all your money and clean out your retirement. That may be fun. You know, you get a couple months out of it, phew, that may be well worth it. I didn't say that to him. I just said, "Be careful. It doesn't look legitimate." Years ago, it would be, you know, my one of these girls who's around, you know, close to three hundred pounds, saying, "I got a, you know, an email from a Nigerian prince who wants to wants me to keep five hundred thousand in my bank account." So I'm going to give my bank account information. I'm like, I would say, "Don't do it. It doesn't look kosher." Okay, so, and, and this is on the internet, it's funny, some people down here are shaky, questionable reputation without doing something weird. So let's, you know, let's all hope for the best for my friend there. And I'm not going to say their name. I, I think I didn't give any clues, but... Be careful around there. This is Jim the Keys, bartender. Be careful with any unsolicited uh, romantic uh, things. You know, who knows? Uh, Thank you for listening. I'll be back uh, maybe later. Bye.